This is The Paul List, daily analysis and critical engagement with comics and culture. I'm Two Ply on Twitter at T-W-O-P-L-A-I. Every day I dialogue with a comic book. My perspective is as a cultural critic, academic, and teacher and preacher. So I always try to be analytical. Sometimes I get a little philosophical. Sometimes I get a little bit spiritual. But since I do analysis of a comic's work each day for 20 minutes, I do get into the details, so I always suggest that you read the work first, whether you buy it from a retailer or get it digitally. Yes, that is a spoiler warning. All right, let's dig deep. Happy Wednesday. It's Wednesday, June 29th, which means that it's New Comic Book Day. And I thought I'd take a second to talk about New Comic Book Day and also the meaning of the name of this podcast, The Paul List. Um, But before that, um, today's focus book, because it is the Wednesday wider world of comics, is a title called Pilgrim Finch that uh, probably isn't very well known at this point, which is exactly why I want to talk about it. Um, It is a book. No. (laughs) Is it a book? Is it not a book? Is this a book? Is this a pipe? Uh, It is a comic on the app called Stella, which is a platform for um, comics especially generated for mobile devices. Um, Written and drawn by Ethan Young. And uh, I'm going to talk about Pilgrim Finch, which has only the first chapter, which is really a bit of a wordless preview um, so far. So it's a short comic. Uh, it may or may not be a short discussion. Uh, <laughs> I, you could probably bet that I'll say more than I than I should. Um, anyway, uh, I want to come back, though, to the fact that it is Wednesday. And um, if you are listening to this podcast and uh, you haven't listened to the uh, past episodes, um, I invite you to. Go for it. Uh, but the reason why I am called uh, the Paul List is because um, at comic book stores, regular customers often establish what they call the pull list, which is that on New Comic Book Day, which is Wednesday, because that is when publishers and diamond distributors have worked out that comic book shops will get the uh, new releases of the comic book issues and trade paperbacks and so forth that that they distribute. On New Comic Book Day Wednesdays, um, if you have a pull list, then uh, your retailer will have known the books that you wanted them to pre-order for you, and they will put them aside uh, when they come in, you know, the big shipment on on Tuesday, I guess, and uh, and keep them for you, and that's a pull list. And so to, to establish a pull list, and not all comic shops do this, but, but many do, uh, and I want to, I got to give a shout out to some of my great local comic shops around here in the East Bay area. There's a Dr. Comics and Mr. Games in Oakland. There's uh, Fantastic Comics and, uh, you know, maybe my favorite, The Escapist in Berkeley. And uh, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches, I always say, when it comes to local comic shops around here. Um, There's a cool new one called Cape and Cowl in Oakland. Um, Yeah, just a number of of great shops. Uh, Anyway, um, if you set up a pull list at a comic shop, they pull the titles that you've asked for. And so I call this the Paul List because, well, my first name is Paul. 
Um, you know me as Tuply. Uh, a couple reasons for that name. I won't go into it today. Probably another day I'll do a whole what, why is my name Tuply <laughs> uh, thing. I'll, we'll see when it fits in with what I'm talking about. But the, uh, <clears throat> the reason why um, I call this the Paulist is because I try to run through the comics that I'm reading and I, and I try to read a whole wide range of comics, uh, including on Wednesdays, the wider world of comics, when I really want to, especially on New Comic Book Day, um, kind of expose folks to uh, the broader world out there of comics, um, meaning things that are uh, maybe a little bit um, off of the... the you know the the front shelves of the store, uh, off the DC and Marvel racks for sure. Sometimes even off of the comic racks altogether. And that's the case today. We're gonna read uh, a little something from the Stella app. Um, it's a, a fairly recent uh, effort um, that a few entrepreneurs and artists really came together to design comics that were meant and made to be read on a smartphone and I in fact am a subscriber to Stella on my iPhone and have um, read with interest uh, the the various titles that have come out from um, some really great creators um, some creators that I you know knew about and followed before um, this Stella uh, endeavor and uh, and now I'm excited to see what they're doing here on this app and so um, I think you should definitely check out Stella um, I think they do they offer a free month or something like that, a free trial, and then you can uh, subscribe for five bucks a month to just uh, get unlimited reading of all the, the comics that they have on there. And so um, today I want to talk about Pilgrim Finch. Uh, but before, again, before we get there, um, you know, the, the comics that I do pull from um, what I call my pull list, and, and I should just be candid here, I... I don't actually have a pull list with a store. Um, I'm a regular orderer of comics through <laughs> online retailer who um, mail orders comics to me. Uh, my my retailer is Discount Comic Book Services, at which is you know you can sort of Google them. They advertise all over the place, and uh, I, I don't feel bad about um, shopping at an online retailer. You know it's a it's a family business. Um, there's a great interview with uh, one of the owners, I think the founder, uh, on the Comics Alternative. Um, you can search that out. Uh, and she tells the story of, you know, their business, and, and, and it is a business. Um, we're not, uh, you know, we're not uh, circumventing the system as much as it may be a backwards system in many ways. Um, but I do like supporting local retailers. The truth of the matter is, A, um, the, I, I can't afford full price, uh, cover price comics, and B, I just can't make it to a shop often enough with my uh, schedule, my lifestyle, um, my family, and my responsibilities. Uh, whenever I do a, a visit a shop, I, I really, in spite of my conscience, uh, can't help but break open the pocketbook and I'll usually spend a hefty sum of money um, even just in, you know in principle to uh, support the retailers because I think they matter important it's important to me that there's a shop where you know a kid or um, somebody who lives locally can walk in and and uh, and you know browse discover comics but um, unfortunately I don't have 
um, one of those shops en route enough to be able to justify being a regular customer there. If I did, it probably would be at The Escapist in Berkeley. Um, super nice people and um, great shop. And again, no one's listening yet, but if anybody ever does and uh, you happen to be at The Escapist in Berkeley, shout out to them. Uh, great, great store. Anyway, uh, back to the pull list. I do have a list of comics that um, I order through DCBS or because it takes quite a while for them to ship to me um, or I've just started to wait for the trade paperback or in some cases to wait for the trade or to wait for a larger collection and then buy them digitally on Comixology. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Comixology, um, they have in the last few years been uh, bought by Amazon and they provide apps that... Um, you know, you, uh, onto which you can download or access the comics. You can also um, access the comics that you buy on the web. Um, you can even set up with many local retailers. Uh, you know, they they'll have a portal site with um, Comicsology, and you can uh, you know still support your retailer as you buy digital comics, which I think is really cool. Um, and uh, and so sometimes I'll, I'll buy it on Comixology, um, the comics, and read them. And they also have some really great discounts. Um, I, I also use an app called Sequential, which uh, only lives on the iPad, I think. But Sequential has a number of more um, independent or underground or alternative comics. So I get a lot of my comics there. Um, I also do web comics and Kickstarters and Patreons to support artists or to buy directly. Um, yeah. You know, to be honest, you name it. If, it. if there's a comic resource, I I frequent it. Uh, used bookstores to to pick up uh, collections. Uh, you know, old runs of X Men from the '90s on eBay. Uh, you know, I I pretty much uh, get them wherever I can get them, and uh, spend way too much money doing so. Um, there's one other means of getting um, comics digitally, and that's illegally. Um, and I figured this out because there's times when I've sought comics that are a little bit harder to find. And I would, you know, just see if it was sold somewhere um, online. Some, You know, maybe it wasn't on Comixology. Maybe I would have to see if there was some other app or other site where they sold the comics directly. And, you know, I should say from many publishers, you can buy from their own apps, which are often linked to Comixology, uh, namely, you know, your DCs, Marvels, Images, Dark Horses, and so forth. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd be looking for a book, and so in Googling the title of the book, I might search, you know, so-and-so from whatever small press, and I'd throw in the word download. Um, and when you... <laughs> it's, a, it's a risky proposition to type the word download into a Google search bar, because you're going to go... You're gonna get to some fishy sites, and uh, and that's where I sort of discovered a few years ago the world of um, of uh, you know BitTorrent, where people um, distribute comics and pass them out um, illegally, bootleg, uh, which is a world that I know that many of us are very familiar with, whether it's because of music or movies or games or software or whatever people do. And I just gotta say that if um, if you have thought about or are a uh, bootlegger of comics, um, uh, you know, piracy, people have different ethical stances on it. I find it hard to to have much something other than a stance that it's not 
good. Um, but uh, I think especially in comics and industry where creators have long been underappreciated and um, undercompensated, where people love it so much that they are sadly willing to work for peanuts or for free, um, it, you know, it's just, you, you ought to support the industry. You ought to support creators. You ought to support the, the creative people, the hardworking people who make comics possible. Um, I, you know, I'd say especially those that are not the big money-making mainstream under the umbrella of Disney or Warner Brothers, um, meaning Marvel and DC. Um, but I, I wouldn't even limit myself. I mean, I, I wouldn't even limit myself ethically to that. I, I still think that um, those creators and those books deserve our support, especially when they're ones that do things that are a little bit um, different and, and forward-thinking. And so uh, I, I buy comics. I will gladly spend the money. Um, I will buy it sometimes in a single issue form and in the trade paperback and what the heck when it goes on sale on comiXology i'll pick up that run digitally as well and then uh and then it'll show up in a humble bundle which is something you should also check out if you haven't seen that before and then i'll pick up a whole bunch of the pdfs of the same book uh i probably have a million copies of saga <laughs> or the wicked and the divine um I don't even like that last book very much, to tell you the truth. But I, I have so many of them uh, because I believe in in supporting comics. Now I should also confess that I have a a real problem with spending. Um, I'm a graduate student. I don't have those kinds of resources and funds. It's all sort of coming out of my uh, what should be my daughter's college savings funds, and so um, and so I have had to figure out ways to tighten the belt. Um, and one of the ways that I have is that I keep a, a pull list that's really for myself, things that I want to read. And I have to make decisions about uh, how much I want to A, support the book, and B, keep up with it, uh, the book, uh, in, order, in, in order to decide where it sort of fits. You know, if a book is something that I pre-order on DCBS and buy every month, that is the most expensive proposition because per issue it's going to run me two dollars, two fifty, um, or if I buy it off the stands or at a, at a retailer, which I sometimes do still, you know, four or five dollars. Um, although the new DC Rebirth titles um, are are running three dollars cover price, so um, so I have a list of books that I care about enough that I am that they are on my monthly pull list. Um, there are other books that I keep track of where they are issues-wise so that I can foresee when they're going to come out in collections or trades. Uh, those are ones that I just put on my trade list. I, I watch as their story arcs advance. I try to pay attention to what's going on in them through solicits. And um, the previews catalog, which is this big hefty phone book that they send every month to uh, to you know pique people's interest in pre-ordering comics. And I um, have a number of books that I trade weight and uh, trade weight is just meaning that you wait for an expectation for the book to be collected um, and then I have a bunch of books that I decide that I'm going to wait until they are available on um, either Marvel Unlimited which is a um, again another thing that you can uh, plunk your money into but has the, a huge back catalog of Marvel titles that um, appear, you know, about six months after their original release. And uh, for one sum, you can access, you know, years and years of Marvel comics, including 
uh, stuff from a half a year ago. And so there's things that I wait for um, that uh, to, to show up on Marvel Unlimited, or I wait for a Comixology sale to come around at uh, whatever time, or I just wait for it to be available digitally. You know, um, new titles in Comixology will match the sale price, the cover price. But, you know, usually within a month or two, that price will drop, um, and I managed to buy my Comixology comics um, in ways that uh, uh, get me a little bit of a discount too. So it it all works out <laughs> in some way or another to a ton of comics, way more than I can read, to be honest, but, um, but enough so that I can have a pretty good sense of, you know, being able to A, support the, the industry, B, um, know where uh you know know where different creators and different you know publishing lines are and what what's going on in their stories for the most part okay we're pretty far into this that was a pretty long spiel about how you get comics and where where you might um how you might economize uh now at last to my pull list and this is just for this week. I, I plan to make this a regular thing, and I know that I'm getting long here and not haven't gotten to Pilgrim Finch by Ethan Young yet, but we'll get there. Please be patient, oh listener. Um, and I I just want to talk about some of the books that are I'm, I'm reading this week. It's a light week, actually. It's an easy week because it's a fifth week. Um, it's a fifth Wednesday, and a lot of books come out on rotations of the first or second of, you know, Wednesday of the month. So DC doesn't have a lot coming out right now, um, but uh, one thing I can highlight is that there's a book on uh, in from uh, Vertigo called Art Ops, and I was initially uh, buying that monthly. Um, that's become a trade weight for me. Um, there is a collection, uh, there is a, a single issue comic called The Legend of Wonder Woman, which actually f- was first released digital only uh, through Comixology which is sort of a retelling of the origin of Wonder Woman. Um, and I really enjoy that. And I've been get, catching that um, as they've been coming out as digital releases on Comixology. So I think that's worth reading, whether you prefer to get it as an issue or um, prefer it uh, or, or you know want to go after that digitally. Um, those are the main things from DC this week that I'm uh, picking up. Dark Knight 3 Master Race number 5 is also... A thing that exists <laughs> and I <laughs> I don't know I'll, pro- I'll read it one day um, Marvel on the other hand has a ton of titles this week uh, including um, much to uh, you know the world's applause Black Panther issue 3 somewhat delayed um, this is Ta-Nehisi Coates and, and art by Brian Stelfreeze um, Coates's presence in comics is is wonderful um leavening <laughs> and uh and actually i really enjoyed the first two issues i know there were some critics of of them but i think for the most part people have um have given them their due uh, his issues of black panther so far and i'm really excited to see where it's going um captain america steve rogers number two comes out and i think already nick spencer and company are backtracking on the newsworthy um hail hydra that captain america uttered in the last at the end of the last issue um i am reading all new all different avengers this is going to sound like a lot of marvel titles i i'm reading a lot of dc titles too there's just not a lot of coming out this time at this time um i i almost read everything that marvel publishes except for anything with the words dead or pool in them um so 
there's a, a an icon is it icon i think it's an icon it's that imprint book um that mark miller is writing called empress with art by the um stuart Eminen, the master uh it's called empress third issue comes out of that i'm picking up extraordinary x-men number 11 i'm picking up um spider-man written by bendis drawn by sarah pacelli this is the miles morales spider-man issue number five is out i'm picking up uh unbeatable squirrel girl which is the best comic that if you're not reading you're truly missing out uh that that's uh that the ninth issue of that um second volume of that book is is out um uncanny and humans number 11 uncanny x-men 9 and uh yes a trade is coming out for those of you who aren't regular a couple of trades for those of you who aren't regular marvel readers um, one is Miss Marvel, um, which got a reset along with the whole Marvel line uh, because of their secret wars, which are not so secret. Miss um, Marvel, it's trade paperback volume five, but it's actually the first uh, few issues. And uh, I'll talk about Miss Marvel one day. She's awesome. That, that book is awesome. Uh, another book that's awesome is Vision, and um, it's written by... Tom King, art by Gabriel Walta, and it's a very new and very different vision of uh, vision, <laughs> and and really of what you can do in in superhero comic books. So that's my Marvel and DC list um, from Dark Horse, the uh, Astro Boy Omnibus Volume Four um, that that I've been keeping up with. Um, my last poll list, uh, sorry, my last poll list episode, I talked about semi-automatic. Um, which is also out this week. Um, for Image, I'm reading East of West. Number 27 is coming out. Um, and uh, Plutona, number 5. I thought that was already out. I thought I finished that story already. Who knows? Uh, maybe it's a second edition. Um, I, I, oh, and then, of course, uh, anybody who's trade waiting Saga, which I think you're crazy. If there's one book that I would get month to month, it would be Saga. And I do. Uh, but anybody who's trade waiting Saga, the sixth volume comes out. I have to confess that's one of the ones that I... They, they, there's this word double dip, which is that you buy the single issues and you can't help but pick up the trades. Well, I'm guilty on all counts of quadruple dipping. I will buy the single issues. I'll buy the trades. I'll buy the hardcover collections that gather multiples of the trades. And then I'll buy more copies just to give away to friends. Um... Some people think Brian K. Vaughn fans are nuts and a little overexcited about their fandom. Uh, I'm guilty as charged. <laughs> so Saga Volume 6 is out. Um, and then, you know, from a, a bunch of other um, publishers, you can, you know, I'm, I'm reading Bloodshot Reborn, uh, which is a Valiant book. Um, one of these days, I'm sure I'll talk about Valiant. Um, I've been reading on a regular basis another book that comes out uh, this week called um, uh, sorry I lost my place in the list so I'm looking trying to retrieve and this is great great podcasting oh this here it is Will Eisner's The Spirit um, through Dynamite. I'm not usually a big reader of Dynamite's books, but I was uh, interested. I, nobody does the spirit like Will Eisner. And um, what I like about this current uh, run is that they're not necessarily trying. I think they're trying to do something 
um, unique, modern, um, still honors the, the past, but, uh, well, so there you go. So this is my plan. My plan is that I'll talk a little bit about my pull list on Wednesdays, on new comic book days. And, um, that was super uninteresting, super, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> unengaged, um, an unengaging run through of my pull list. Uh, it's late. And if you can hear that my voice is different, um, it's because my, my family is sleeping <laughs> and I'm in the office and I'm trying not to be too noisy. So, uh, I promise I will make the pull list in the future way more exciting. Um, but I'm also going to, uh, use more than my requisite 20 minutes because I just upgraded to SoundCloud Pro, which means I am no longer facing a minutes cap, which I, I could sit here and twiddle my thumbs, really, and just, you want to hear me sing? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't do that to you. Um, Stella. Stella. Let's get to Stella. So I say all this about New Comic Book Day, but really my intention on Wednesdays is to um, take us outside of American uh, comics or take us outside of the, you know, um, the hegemonic but um, somewhat narrow world of what um, ends up in comic book shops um, or or just even what's in American, um, in American comics. Um, today, though, uh, we are American, but we are looking at, uh, as I said, the Stella app. Now, Stella, um, I, I started hearing about them when they first appeared a few months ago. Since then, they've pretty consistently rolled out these um, comics that are on um, the cell phone. And uh, there's a number of creators involved in, uh, in these. There's a, you know, the likes of Evan Dorkin. Um, I am a fan of uh, Ron Wimberly, who has a... A book on Stella as well. I keep saying book. I don't know if these are rightly called books, um, but I was super excited when um, a creator named Ethan Young, uh, you know, it was announced that he would have a book on Stella. And right now, the first chapters come out. The book's called Pilgrim Finch. Once again, I said book. the The title is called Pilgrim Finch, and Young is a creator who um, is pretty young. And, uh, and I think he's Chinese American, uh, a child of Chinese immigrants or, or himself a Chinese immigrant. I'm not sure. Um, he came out with a, a, a graphic novel last year published by Dark Horse called Nanjing, the Burning City. And if, if uh, you're at all familiar with um, what's been called the rape of Nanking or Nanjing um, and the history there and uh, all that occurred, You'll know that it's um, it's dark. It's a dark area of of Chinese history, of Asian history, of of um, Sino-Japanese relations. Um, the comic is uh, well. Suffice it to say that the the minute that I finished reading it, I instantly ordered three more copies to give away to friends. And uh, if you haven't read it, I I would definitely recommend picking it up. Now, that heavy subject matter, um, you know, done, I think, with great delicacy and humanity, um, this is something different. And what's great about seeing 
Young's work on Stella is just that he shows his range and really his repertoire because Nanjing is black and white. It's drawn in a style uh, reminiscent of um, some of you guys will know uh, Shigeru uh, or other manga artists who, you know, rendered World War II or, or you know, sort of historical realism with a kind of um, sketchy pencil, uh, uh, you know, um, kind of grittiness. And, uh, and I think Young accomplishes that in, in um, Nanjing the Burning City pretty quite well what we have here um in his stella book which you know right now only exists as a first chapter almost a bit of a preview is a nearly wordless um but uh wow vividly colorful um sort of sci-fi involving what has to be called cute bear and also alien creatures with cool um, tech and spaceship designs and um, a, uh, a planet with a, a pink sky that is just, uh, you know, wonderful to look at. <laughs> That's basically what happens. Uh, what, what you have in this first chapter is you see the planet and then you see a ship crash landing onto it and you see our i think who is our hero he's a bear he is uh he looks cool uh and cute and then he crash lands and then he has to figure out uh what's going on on this planet that he's landed on and there's a sort of a washington monument type um stone uh no not washington monument monument a mount rushmore type sort of stone you know, uh, heads that seem to suggest similar anthropomorphic type creatures. And then, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll stop from there. Uh, I, like I said, almost no words, a ton of great reactions. Um, just, uh, every single one of these pictures, and I don't know how many sort of single cat, uh, cell phone screen sized pictures, panels there are. It's, uh, if you haven't used the Stella app, the way that the, they work is just like, um, you know, most things you look at on your smartphone, your Facebook scroll or whatever, the comic starts at the top and you scroll down and, you know, so the artists have to figure out a way to do the visual storytelling work of comics through images that you scroll down through. Um, and actually that's mostly what I want to talk about. Um, although I'm totally out of time. I'm now in negative time. I'm in the negative zone. Um, the um so what happens in this brief uh beginning of a narrative is that you have a spaceship crash crash landing on a planet you know the very first image is the planet itself and then you see the the spaceship landing and then you see um after it crashes you see uh this bear crawling out of the ship and then exploring around and then hijinks ensue um but what what fascinates me is that this story to me and and this is to say nothing about uh ethan young's art which you know i hope i've praised enough hope i've conveyed enough that it's gorgeous and fun and a 
in a great contrast to his brilliant work in Nanjing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's totally inventive and yet, you know, reminiscent of other fun stuff. Um, uh, great in its own right. But, um, what this really demonstrates to me are some of the constraints of the medium. And in fact, reminds me of some of the gifts of comics on paper. Now I'm not, um, one of these people who I'm not a purist who, you know, um, shudders at the thought that we should even call it comics if it's not uh, printed in four color or on paper or shows up on a screen. As I've already shared, I, I get my comics by a lot of different means. It certainly does affect the reading experience, though. I I have read something on uh, uh, an iPad and uh, hated it and then saw it in like brilliant glossy color on an, in an omnibus or in an absolute edition and just been breathless at the difference in the experience. And so I, I appreciate paper, um, but I'm also a literacy researcher and I read a lot of theory about our, how we read and, and, you know, um, and media. And, uh, uh, as Marshall McLuhan famously said, the, the, medium is the message. Um, and in this case, I think what stands out reading, um, Ethan Young's, uh, work here is that scrolling images down a screen on one hand, you, you have the, the momentum of your own movement, your thumb pushing the screen down. But on the other hand, it's almost an, you know, working against the dynamic multi-direction of his art you know you have you know mountains off to the left three quarters you know and then clockwise coming in on a tangent on a perfectly drawn tangent line is this vine you know and um and the motion of the spaceship in reference to previous panels is 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 great comic storytelling but the problem is the whole time you're scrolling down and so i think that with practice, I would be fine. <laughs> um, and I've read comics where you scroll down before and I'm fine. Um, but it's just doesn't, it just doesn't have the same dynamism because it can't utilize the, the affordances of the page, the way that, um, panel size can vary the way that, you know, uh, 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 a, an accomplished creator, like Ethan Young, um, can lead the eye along the page and the way that they lead the eye or slow you down to have to notice details or use a, um, tasteful splash page or, um, you know, construct panels to, to, um, you know, almost flow into another panel or, or end abruptly at a, a, a wall. Um, uh, the way that page turns are utilized. Those are gifts. Those are gifts that, um, paper and sometimes even you know digital forms of pages give to comics and stella for all of its good stuff and i'm not uh I, i'm not rendering a absolute judgment here about stella i'm gonna keep on reading this book uh, this title <laughs> and all, all other stuff on stella but but i i just it makes me wish i could read ethan doing this very um physical and very um dynamic story that has no words um that 
but that um, accomplishes a whole lot with movement and um, contrast. I wish that uh, I could see it on a page. I wish he, I could see what he would do with it on a page. And so, yeah, it does make me miss, and um, it does make me appreciate um, paper. Um, nevertheless, <laughs> let me just plug that um, I think that what the um, intrepid creators on Stella are doing in accepting and embracing the reality that so many of us read on these handheld devices and on screens and then trying to be with inventive within those constraints is something that honors the um, long-standing tradition of comics. The long-standing of tradition of comics that a lot of times creators are get screwed over. <laughs> I remember famously uh, uh, reading about how famously, um, you know, the the newspaper syndicates wanted to cut down the size of comics pages, and um, you know, this was I think during the Calvin and Hobbes era, um, or maybe pre-Calvin and Hobbes, and they wanted to give the standard comic strip uh, three panels rather than four which if you ever studied comic strips, you know, messes with the rhythm of a, of comic, you know, of the comic page, uh, or, or the, the, sorry, the comic joke or, or serial storytelling or whatever. It just completely messes up the rhythm or, or at least forces a change. And, um, the part I keep saying famously, you know, a lot of a cartoonist protested, um, but one who didn't, is uh, was Charles Schultz and uh and it was actually really tough you know when you're a, a lowly cartoonist with you know 400 newspapers to try to stand up for your uh, your artistic freedom when uh, Mr. Charles Schultz over there was willing to bend his genius work and um transform a you know what had been for decades a, a four panel comic strip into a three panel one um but but having read 50 years of peanuts Schultz did it you know he, he had a, a quarter of his space chopped away and he found a way and I think uh, comic creators find a way and so I think it's something to be applauded that the creators on Stella are being inventive um, and in some ways playful and in, in many ways um, adaptive to try to still use the um you know the the gifts of comics to storytelling on a screen the size of uh you know a credit card and so look if you're not on stella yet i would check it out you may try it and find that you just can't do it um or you may be like me and say that this is intriguing enough that i'm going to keep looking um especially as a student of the medium uh, i think it's the kind of thing that we should watch so this has been um, our Wednesday Wider World of Comics. We went to the World Wide Web. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Who calls it the World Wide Web still? Moreover, is it the World Wide Web when it's downloaded onto an app on your smartphone? I don't even know anymore. What are we even talking about here? Thank you for enduring this. This is the longest episode yet. Maybe the longest episode there will ever be. Um, <laughs> but hey, keep reading. All right. Take care.